You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Cyril Petrie has supported Independent Tech News directly for more than five years. Be like Cyril. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, January 18th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And uh, hunkering down in Cleveland... Uh, from a snowstorm, I'm Len Peralta. And uh, on a surprisingly sunny day, uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Joining us today uh, will not be Sarah Lane because she's on vacation, but we're very happy to have Nicole Lee, senior editor at Engadget, with us. Thanks for coming back, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Have you recovered from your CES experience? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have recovered from my CES experience. I, I thankfully have not uh, underwent, undergone the CES flu or any or anything like that. Oh, yeah, so. no, I escaped that. You know, knock on wood. I guess it's late <laughs> yeah, enough; well, it wouldn't be attributed. Wood, yeah, so far so good. So far so good. We're going to talk food tech uh, with Nicole a little later in the show. Uh, somebody during CES uh, was pointing out that you and I are both lovers of the Instant Pot, uh, which kind of <laughs> got us thinking about talking about this. So we, we will talk about the Instant Pot. And a few other things. Let's start with a few tech. But you know what? Actually, I don't have uh, Sarah to read these with me today. So, Nicole, uh, will you uh, play quick hits word association with me? Sure. Okay. So I will read the the news item and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind after hearing the news item. Okay. (laughs) Let's start with a few tech things you should know. As a big one, the Washington Post reports the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is discussing imposing a fine on Facebook for violating its agreement to protect the privacy of user data. Now, this is three different sources telling the Post this. The FTC has not made this public. However, what is public is the FTC has been investigating since last year data given to Cambridge Analytica by Cambridge University data scientist Alexander Kogan in violation of Facebook's terms and whether Facebook should be held responsible for that. The findings and any possible fine that could come along with those findings have not been finalized, according to the Post sources, and they're currently not making any progress because uh, there's a lack of funding from the U.S. government, which is shut down right now. Nicole. Um, it's about time. It's about time. All right. Very good. Uh, Microsoft announced it will end support for Windows 10 mobile devices December 10th and officially recommends customers move to Android or iOS. So let's pour a little out 
for Windows Phone. Device backups for settings and some of your apps will continue to work even after the end of support. That will work until March 10th, 2020. And some services like photo uploads and restore from an existing device backup, Microsoft says may continue to work for up to a year after the end of support. But uh, by December 10th, you should probably get another phone if you're on Windows Phone. Bring back the Zoom. <laughs> Zoom phone. Uh, Zoom maybe phone. Google's frightening page of news results we talked about on yesterday's show worked. 11 countries opposed passing along the EU's copyright directive, which had been approved by the European Parliament in September and was voted on by the European Council today. So it does not go on its way to become law. Several countries objected to Articles 11 and 13, which let publishers require paid licenses to list snippets in search results. That's what Google was protesting yesterday and puts more liability on companies for user uploaded content. Member states will now have until February to reach a compromise approval of an updated version of the text. Oh, uh, viva la France. <laughs> sure, it's Europe. Why not? <laughs> Uh, although I don't think France was one of the ones that voted against it. So you kind of are pro-copyright directive if you say vive la France. TechCrunch reports that multiple sources tell it Facebook has been building a product called LOL that features a feed of funny videos and GIF-like clips targeted at teens. Content is divided into categories like animals, fails, and pranks. Facebook confirmed to TechCrunch that LOL is currently in private beta with around 100 high school students. Facebook is deciding whether to include it in Facebook itself or launch it as a standalone product. OMG, WTF? <laughs> That's perfect, yeah. <laughs> Tesla announced it will cut its workforce by 7%. That'd be about 3,000 people by all counts. In a letter to staff, CEO Elon Musk said their cars are too expensive for the average driver and profits at the company are too low. Musk wrote that starting around May, we will need to deliver at least mid-range Model 3 variants in all markets as we need to reach more customers who can afford our vehicles, as well as making progress towards lower-priced models. Musk still set goals to increase Model 3 production rates and make manufacturing and engineering improvements. They'll just have to do it with fewer people. It's just too expensive. They need to lower the price. Yeah, we've been saying that for a while, right? Come on. Um, you got to figure out how to make them cheaper, I guess. All right, let's talk a little more about Netflix. Uh, Netflix put out its earnings report yesterday afternoon and beat estimates for earnings per share, but fell below expectations for revenue. The company also forecast lower than expected numbers for the coming quarter, Q1 2019. Netflix beat expectations on subscribers, though, adding 1.53 million in the U.S. and 7.3 million outside the U.S. Both of those numbers beat expectations. Netflix added 29 million subscribers on the year. That's 33% more than they added in 2017. Netflix estimates it accounts for about 10% of U.S. TV screen time. It's kind of fuzzy math, but they're guesstimating. And said in their shareholder letter... We compete with and lose to Fortnite more than HBO. Whoa. <laughs> Drop the mic, Netflix. It noted when YouTube went down briefly in October that Netflix viewing and signups spiked. I'm trying to make the point that we're not a competitor for other video services. We're a competitor for entertainment. Netflix also released some rare numbers reporting 80 million people watched Bird Box in its first four weeks. 20 million watched uh, um 
another show out of uh, out of Spain. Ten million watched Bodyguard, The Protector, and Baby. That show out of Spain is called Elite. Netflix also predicted that forty million people will watch the series You and Sex Education during those series' first four weeks. So Netflix coming with some numbers, which they don't usually do. So the whole thing about Netflix um, not putting themselves against like HBO and all that, that's not new. Like they've always said from like years and years ago, their competitor is free time. Right. And the (laughs) the closest they've ever come is saying we need to become HBO before HBO comes us. And that was 10 years ago. That was a long time ago. So, but I mean, it's really interesting, especially in the light of their recent "quote unquote" price hike. As I'm sure you guys have mentioned already, yep. you know, the whole, like raising up by a dollar or two dollars, depending on your particular price tier. Um, and you know, even though it's lower than expected, it's still pretty good. Yeah, it's still pretty high. And they missed on revenue, not earnings per share, so they're profitable. If they raise yeah. their price and they can keep those subscriber numbers up, can presumably they'd have higher revenue as well. And we're not hearing them say for the first time in a couple of years we're going to increase significantly the amount we spend on content. It seems like they finally hit their plateau there. So that that's what's been dragging them down the past couple of years. I mean, one host, because those stand-up specials are expensive. A lot of those you know, TV shows are really expensive. But, you know, I mean, hopefully they'll get enough uh, subscribers to help them stay afloat. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll start to pay off now is what they're yeah. hoping. New York Times tech columnist Kevin Roos noted on Twitter that three five-star reviews of the Facebook portal on Amazon – just happened to have the same names as Facebook employees. Now, all three reviews were listed as verified by Amazon. That means Amazon said this account bought the Facebook portal from us. So it wasn't Facebook employees that got it for free. However, Amazon does ban you from reviewing your own employer's products. Facebook VP of AR and VR, Boz Bosworth, replied to Roos on Twitter saying, neither coordinated nor directed from the company, From an internal post at launch, we unequivocally do not want Facebook employees to engage in leaving reviews for the products that we sell to Amazon. We will ask them to take down. I mean, that's good. But also you have to imagine that was some kind of internal, like, I don't know, maybe not officially sanctioned, but you have to imagine there has to be some kind of internal like agreement, perhaps. No, really? I mean, three employees out of of a company that has a thousand employees. And these these employees did pay for these portals. I yeah, don't know if it's an agreement. I think they, it's rogue employees. These employees thought they, they could get away with it. No, no, that's that's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's like they they decided amongst themselves. Oh, you so think like, the three were a cabal? <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> that that'd be interesting to find out if they actually work together closely. I'd like to know that. I think it was just three people. Three out of a thousand people, that's like less than 1%, just happen to have the same idea. That seems likely to me, too. (laughs) And they probably all thought they wouldn't get caught, so... Exactly. If you read the reviews, though, they do not make it clear at all that they are Facebook employees, right? Because they know it's wrong, so... I also think, like, if you were really going out to, like, trick people, you would use a different name. Yeah, that's a good point. They they weren't very smart about it if they were trying to trick people. Exactly. (laughs) Alphabet's health-oriented company Verily has received FDA approval for an electrocardiogram e-ink watch to be used in medical studies of conditions like multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's, as well as individual care of those diseases. The device called the Study Watch requires a prescription. Now, TechCrunch's Brian Heater, along with many other people, have sort of made the connection of like, hey, could this come 
to Wear OS because Alphabet owns Verily and Alphabet owns Google. And that is interesting given that Apple put the EKG in the watch. And so I'm actually looking at this as sort of a canary in the coal mine for how Alphabet's companies cooperate now that they've been separate divisions, separate companies for long enough. If this doesn't go to Wear OS, I think that's very telling. And I think it'll be interesting to see, like, if this kind of technology would be kind of an agnostic, like, a, perhaps you would think a platform agnostic technology. That yeah, would right. OS, but in anything, like an Apple Watch or any other Fitbit type of device that would be not just Wear OS, but I mean, Wear OS, you would hope would get some share of it as well. Yeah, I would like to see Verily decide that hey, we're, we're a separate company owned by Alphabet. While we certainly know those guys across campus <laughs> at Google and we probably should you know, stand in the lunch line with them, uh, we want to also sell our tech to other companies because that's what will make us a standalone independent company. So I, I would like to see this come to a Fitbit or Garmin or something like that. I think yeah, it'd be great. I think it would be better. It would, it would give them more credence, actually. Yeah, it really would. And and like I said, I think this is this is something where we all assume a lot that, well, they're calling an alphabet, but really it's all just Google, right? Uh, and, and this is one of those those things you can look at to, to say, well, is it really a conglomerate now? Is it really separate country, companies or not? I, I thought Nest would be a good indicator of that. And unfortunately, they just took Nest and folded it right back into Google. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. kind of indicated the opposite. Privacy advocate Max Schrems has led a group called NOIB in filing a series of complaints with the Austrian Data Protection Authority under GDPR against eight companies who stream video. NOIB says it requested customer data under the GDPR from YouTube, Netflix, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, SoundCloud, Dazen, and Flimit, and all of them fell short of GDPR requirements. None of the companies provided sufficient background information to help customers understand the data that was uh, the data was missing. So, so GDPR requires you not only to hand over the data but help people understand it. A couple of the companies gave you some guidelines, but uh, Schrems is saying it, it wasn't enough to help me understand it. Only Flimit and Netflix provided what Schrems calls intelligible data, rather than just a dump of raw data. And partial background information in both of those cases. They were the two that at least tried. Dazen and SoundCloud didn't even respond. They didn't even give you the data. What Shrems is picking on mostly with Apple and YouTube and Amazon is you generally say, I would like my data and you just get a download and then it doesn't give you any context for it. Yeah. I mean, GDPR is is fairly far reaching in that not only do you need to know what's happening with your data, you need to know like what kind of data is being shared in the first place. Like it's a, it's a fairly fairly wide reaching thing, and and part of the deal is that when people when comp- when you ask them what's happening with your data, you, they are obliged to answer you. Yeah. So well, the yeah. idea is that you'd be able to understand what they're collecting on you, right? So yeah, um, it's. It's meant to help you understand. And if it's not helping you understand, then I think these companies, I don't think these companies should be fined up to 4% of their annual turnover, which is the max fine of GDPR. But I think they should be given a warning and said, you need, you need to remedy this. You know, you need to create something that helps people understand what you're giving them, structure your data a little bit more so they can see what it is. I think this is all good. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. CEO Satya Nadella told the media that Microsoft now sees Cortana as a skill for Microsoft 365 subscribers, and that it should be used as a skill on Google and Amazon assistants and, and any others. 
in the same way that Microsoft apps are available for iOS and Android. I like this. I like this the way Nadella is sort of positioning Amazon and Google voice assistants as platforms, as operating systems, if you will. Nadella compared voice assistants to web browsers, actually, in their need to be interoperable and access similar information. Uh, And Cortana uh, is just a website in that metaphor that helps you do cool things. Uh, Cortana already integrates with Amazon. It does not yet integrate with Google, though. Uh, I would like to see it do that as well. I, I think this could get us down the road to at least having a more clear choice of, well, if I live in this ecosystem, I'm not limited in what I can do. It's like picking uh, Android or iOS. You know, there are certain things you lack, but 90% of stuff can be done on either platform. I think right now, I think one of the issues is that some of these technologies are still fairly new. I don't think, I don't think many people are as familiar with Cortana as they are with, you know, Alexa or, you know, Google. And I think this could be a way for Microsoft as well to say, hey, this could be a way to like, let Cortana have more playtime, be sort of be on the same level playing field as the other two. And um, I don't know. I think, I think it's kind of a tough sell really, because I don't think as many people really know what Cortana is or what, what it does or what it's, how it's different from any other, from, from Amazon's or, or Google's assistant. Yeah. I, another comment not Nadella made in the same media meeting uh, was sort of vaguely indicating they might bring Microsoft 365 to consumers. Right now, Microsoft 365 is great for enterprise because it includes your Windows 10 support contract, but most consumers don't pay for Windows anymore, right? Uh, so yeah. Microsoft 365 for consumers Consumers would have to give you more, probably bundle in Skype with Office 365 and maybe voice assistance in all of that stuff. I think Microsoft wants to see Cortana just become the voice assistant that's in all their software. And so the Echo or the Google Home may be how you how you you tell it something, uh, but it's the native intelligence inside of Office or Skype or whatever Outlook uh, that that will then understand and talk back to you would be Cortana. Yeah, sounds good. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, Instant Pot. First of all, just real briefly, we've got to geek out about the Instant Pot because I got one uh, over the holidays. Eileen bought one during Black Friday uh, on a deal. How long have you had yours? Um uh, middle last year. I oh, okay. Say. So you're way more experienced. Uh, <laughs> so, so as I mentioned, uh, our, our mutual love of instant pot got us talking about food tech during CES, but we we're both so busy looking at all the food tech at CES, uh, that, that we wanted to wait until now to kind of talk about where this space is going. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned instant pot, of course, one of the innovations, or I guess, uh, I don't know, new tech, new features of the instant pot is that there's going to be one with Google assistant, right? And um, yeah, so that's, that's right. They're bringing it to, to the a couple of the models. Yeah, a couple of the models. And, you know, we can argue, we can sit here and wonder whether or not Google Assistant is even necessary or some of these things. But I think it's, you know, if it's if it's free, if it's a free update, like, sounds good to me to have to have it added to everything else. Well, I don't I mean, I guess if you could say like, hey, uh, to, you know, restart the timer or something like that. I don't yeah. I don't feel no, well, when I'm I, using it, I don't feel the need that that I have to talk to it because I kind of want to be over there looking at it. And then I'm already there with the buttons. And yeah, stuff. yeah. No, I'm not completely understand, which is why like it's, it may it may be like a, like a, like a nice little add on. Right. Um, so that's the instant pot. 
And of course, we can probably talk about like you know the the various things it does to improve our lives. Um, yeah. What, then- what what is if you could sum it up? What's the biggest advantage to the Instant Pot? Because I think a lot of people probably know. Okay, I'm supposed to be able to make a meal, but all in one pot. And I know it's a pressure cooker and a crock pot and a steamer and a couple other things all put into one. And there's an app. Uh, but you know what 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 about it? What's so cool about that? Right. So I think the big, the big, the big initial selling point of the instant pot is that it's like seven in one gadgets. You can make your rice and your, it's a slow cooker and it can do all kinds of different things. You can, you can make yogurt in the instant pot, which we've talked about a little bit. And, uh, but the main, the, the main, I would say the main primary attraction of the instant pot is the pressure cooker function. Is that the fact that you can cook, you know, a brisket in like an hour versus that's the 10. instant part of instant pot. Is, that's the instant yeah. part of instant pot, and that really is its core selling point. Is that you can just like you know put it in there, turn it on, walk away, and then have it ready when you come back. And that's kind of the magic of having an electric pressure cooker. Except, except while it can do rice, it can't do anything else when it's doing rice. Or it could do spaghetti, but it can't do anything else. So when I made the spaghetti sauce, I had to make the spaghetti in a different pot. <laughs> right. We always but- use the rice cooker for rice. We don't use the Instant Pot. That's just too much. It's just too much. There, I mean, there are there are things on the internet, of course, that you can you can look into where you can where you can buy a little um, compartments and you can cook separate things at one oh, all at one time. That's fancy. And I didn't there, know that. There are tricks that people have have right. uh, have used to cook multiple things at the same time. Um, so that's a cool thing about Instant Pot, and but that's obviously not the only thing at CES. CES is it's primarily still a tech show. Um, there are other smart devices. There's the June 2.0, and it's the, it's a newer version of the June Smart Oven. And I'm not sure if... I'll just give, give a brief, brief summation of what the June Oven is. It's kind of like a smart oven that has a little camera on the ceiling of it that can recognize different foods you put in. So if you put in like um, a pizza, you'll know exactly, oh, you're cooking, you're cooking a pizza. And you immediately suggest like a different cooking pizza times and you just time it exactly for that slice of pizza that you just put yeah, in. So at at uh, CES, they were showing it with asparagus a lot. Where yeah. they would have asparagus, they'd stick it in and it would say, that's either asparagus or broccoli. And then it was a touch screen that you could just tap the asparagus picture and it would know, okay, it's definitely asparagus. That's how we're going to cook it. Right. So that's kind of the 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 thing with the June oven. It, it used to be really expensive. It used to be like $1,500 or something insane. But now the newer version, quote unquote, the newer version, is only it's only $600. It's still expensive, but it's not as expensive as it used to be. That's... Um, and, and it, uh, it's very competitive with the Tavala, which I own and love. Uh, right. But the Tavala doesn't do the recognition thing in the current version, right? The Tavala, you have to either buy one of their meals, which are great, uh, and and scan it, or use the app to say, "Oh, this is what I'm cooking." The June ovens, you know, in this race for the smart oven, is like we can actually recognize. And there were, I actually saw others. I think Grundig had one that would recognize food as well. That seems to be one of the new features going into a lot of these smart ovens. Yeah, absolutely. They they all have this little, you know, camera to recognize the food thing, and it seems to be smart. Oven seems to be the new thing. You, you mentioned Tovala. This is the June, and then recently there's also the Brava oven, which cooks with light. It's kind of like the adult easy bake oven. <laughs> yeah, it's more than just a light bulb, though. It's a little more sophisticated than that. <laughs> a little more sophisticated than that. There are technically uh, four different uh, light bays, you could call it, in the like sort of LED uh, mm-hmm. compartments in the oven and uh it essentially will increase the 
depending on what food you put in, the intensity of will increase or decrease depending on what foods you you put into the the oven there. And uh, this one is like really expensive. It's almost a thousand dollars, and I think that's because I think that's really because of the technology is so new. It's such an interesting cooking with light is, is not really a, a tested kind of thing. And um, I suppose it saves have, you on your electricity bill because it doesn't have to heat up heating elements, and and maybe it cooks a little faster because of that. But I'm not sure what the big advantage here is at a thousand bucks. So the from what from what I kind of figure from based on my my review of it is that you can cook multiple things at the same time. So you can cook like salmon and let's say asparagus at the same time, and because you can have the light at, at different intensities at different parts of the oven. So if the if the salmon is at the at, no it's at the front of the oven, the mm. light can be really strong. Let's gotcha. say okay. Some asparagus in the back, but the, the light can be sort of subdued, perhaps to sort of match <laughs> mood lighting I, for your asparagus. Mood lighting for your asparagus, or something. So, the, I mean, the idea is that the light will they have the more light control. Will have more control over the intensity. And that mm. way, you can cook like a whole meal at the same time. Okay, all right. Or like the fraction of the time you used to you used to make, or something like that. Um, I still think it's really expensive, but yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Whirlpool was also showing off a smart oven that that's very similar in, in that it identifies your food. Uh, it tries to to cook perfectly. Uh, I guess the, the one of the big advantages of Whirlpool is that they own Yumly, so you had some yeah. recipe integration. Was there anything else that that you liked about this one? So the inter- so I like there's this whole like it's called it has a quote unquote augmented reality function which I kind of scoff at but it does I understand what they're going for essentially on the front of the oven is a transparent display that overlays the recipe and also overlays instructions of where to put the asparagus or the salmon in the oven mm-hmm. like you actually draw like outline the part of the oven that you should put the food in kind of thing, depending on the, the heat levels of the oven, all that kind of thing. So it's, it's still very early days, but you mentioned in the Whirlpool, it's a big name in the kitchen appliances. And uh, they also could let you see the food and zoom in on it without opening the door, which at CES, yeah. I felt like I said this a couple of times. I think that's a legitimate feature that, that may yeah. not be the only thing that makes you want to buy an oven, but I like that feature a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's still early days for this. It's still a concept level right. concept oven, you could say. But according to Whirlpool, they will bring it out uh, for the end of this year or maybe early next year. All right. So yeah. we have a lot yeah. of smart ovens. They can cook with light and they can recognize your asparagus. But are they really serious cooking utensils? Are they going to improve your food? Or do they, are they just kind of, you know, hype collectors? Are they, are they just sort of trying to wow you? I think there's two different ways you can look at it, um, or maybe more than two. Just this my this is my initial two ways of looking at it. One is that is it good for novice cooks? Like if you don't even know how to cook at all, like are these gadgets supposed to like be helping you? And the other side of it is if you if you already kind of if you're already pretty proficient at being a good cook, are these devices meant to help you? Mm. And I think it really depends on what you're looking at. So I I I think the smart ovens seem to lean towards the novice cook. Like you mentioned Tovala, I think Brava's similar way. You just put it in, you forget about it. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know what I'm doing, but this oven Cook says step me. one, step two, step three. Just follow just follow the follow the, the follow the dots and yeah. you'll have a good meal. You know? And there's one way to look at it. But I think something like the instant pot, and I, I, that's what I think anyway, something like the instant pot. It's really more for like if you're already if you're already kind of a decent, like you already know how to cook somewhat. It makes it life easier. It makes it easier, more convenient. Yeah, for sure. Faster, right? For sure. 
but some of these ovens do that better than others. I feel like the Brava is good for like novice, perhaps mm-hmm. if, you, if you, know what, you know what you're doing. For the June, I feel it's almost it kind of fits both ways. I can I can totally see how the June would be good for novice cooks as well as those who just want to like put in a slice of bacon and have the oven do all the thinking for you. Yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. Nicole Lee, many people may not realize, is one of the greatest veterans of Best of CES. She's involved in, she has been involved with Best of CES when Tech TV had it, when CNET had it, and now with Engadget. Uh, explain to us, Nicole, if you would, please, why the Consumer Electronics Show Best of CES winner was a burger. Okay, so... But you have to. First of all, the Impossible Burger is no ordinary burger. Right. It is. It is. It is an. It is an iteration of what used to be of plant-based protein that tastes and feels. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And really tastes a lot like real meat. And I think that, and the, the newer version, the Impossible Burger 2.0, is made even more than that. It, it tastes even closer to the real deal. And I think there is, there is definitely some technology and science that goes behind making such a you know, plant-based protein taste so meat-like. But also that there's potential far beyond the realms of technology. You can, a, a, a TV is a TV. Sure. A computer is a computer. This, you could, you could make the argument that this is, has potential for far bigger realms than that. This could have the potential of um, revolutionizing the way we eat, mm-hmm. the way we meat, um, hopefully reducing, reducing our meat consumption, who, which will in turn lead to you know, being more environmentally conscious and saving the environment in some small way. Yeah. And I think that has the, the bigger ramifications of what is just a quote-unquote burger. Even if the Impossible Burger 2.0 isn't going to save the planet, the fact right. that it could contribute to that does put it above a, a big 8K TV. Uh, I that, mean, that, makes, that seems fair. I will say that there were a lot of debates about this internally as I'm well. Sure, but yeah. I, I definitely stand by like our, our decision, and I, I do think that it has, it has a good message overall. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't wait to taste one because your review made it sound delicious. So I, re- I really want to get one of these pretty soon. Uh, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Reaching into the mailbag really quickly, Alan from Icy Montreal, Canada emailed us and said... About two episodes ago, there was a viewer email read out loud about woes of the disappearing headphone jack and the forced adoption of Bluetooth headphones. Now, I'm a bit of an audiophile and used to hate Bluetooth audio. I was convinced it would not catch on. Then I ate my words after discovering and trying Bluetooth 5.0 plus headphones using the newer sound codecs like Aptex HD and LDAC. After some research, I settled on Sony's WH-1000XM2 headset. It sounds incredible. And because I'm on a newer Android phone, it supports the best codec, LDAC, which is marginally better than AppDAC's HD via some compression magic. It's natively supported since Android P, but not on iOS where the headset falls back to AppDAC's HD, which still sounds quite good, frankly. I no longer miss the headphone jack. For anyone that thinks Bluetooth sounds like garbage, try a present-day headset on a present-day device. You'll be surprised how much better it sounds today than it did four years ago. Thank you, Alan, uh, for that. I appreciate that. Always good to get both sides of a story there. Sometimes there's even more than two sides. Usually, actually, there are a lot of sides to stories. Uh, let's check in with Len Peralta's side of today's show. What are you drawing, Len? Oh, yes. You know, I, too, uh, am an Instapot person, and uh, I'm big on food tech and very interested. The one thing that I saw in the notes, which I was checking in, it was you guys didn't talk about this, was the uh, uh, the the machine that bakes bread every oh, six the bread minutes. robot. Yeah. The bread robot. I found that fascinating. And this is sort of um, my take on that. I, do you really need a fresh loaf of bread baked every six minutes? So uh, the images of a guy who is surrounded by bread and is saying, please eat this bread. Loaf is baked every six minutes by an ultraviolet light controlled by a 17-year-old Armenian hacker who was monitoring me over the internet through my Dutch oven. Can't stop it. Kill me now. How can he oh. monitor you through a Dutch oven? That just doesn't make sense to you me. You know what? It's possible. Impossible <laughs> burger is possible. The Dutch oven. The bread bot is, is mostly for grocery stores. It's not for consumers. Uh, FYI. Well, it would have been funny, though. I just see a guy sitting in his apartment with thousands of bread. <laughs> Please eat my bread. I've been hacked. <laughs> well, go check it out, folks. LenPeraltaStore.com. Anything else, Len? Uh, no, that's it. Just go to the store. Oh, Patreon. Patreon.com uh, forward slash Len. You can actually get these prints uh, uh, if you become a DTNS lover level backer. And uh, you get them every month. So go ahead and check it out. Thanks, Nicole Lee, for joining us. As always, anything to tell folks about in particular going on with you? No, I'm still kind of getting over uh, CES after effects, uh, but you can oh, aftermath, I should say. Um, you can always check out what I'm going, what I'm doing at uh, twittercom Nicole. Go check it out. It was the first Twitter account I ever followed. It should be the one you follow today if you don't already. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, folks, uh, if you're at the $5 above level on our Patreon, you get a weekly column from Roger Chang. And this week is no exception. Uh, if you want to know Roger's old man stories about backing up your cloud, it is a good read. 
uh, all about photos and, and keeping track of your photos and where you should go and how to make sure they're safe. And it's all right there at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep the emails coming. We love them. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC, though we're off on Monday for the Martin Luther King holiday, and then Sarah will be back on Tuesday. You can always find more about what we're streaming at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. See you Tuesday with Pat, uh, actually Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.